0: Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us once again is Carson Hazlitt. Uh, Carson, how are you?
1: I am fantastic. How are you doing, Jack?
0: Fantastic as well. We are talking about the much-anticipated fifth season of Castlevania. Is it the fifth or is it a brand-new series? Uh, Castlevania Nocturne, as it is known on Netflix, I think it is technically a brand-new series, just so they, uh wouldn't have to pay the writers additional money. I think that's usually how it works. They start a new series, so it doesn't count as like their fifth season.
1: (laughs) That was my thought when I saw, oh, it's on its own section on Netflix. I guess they're trying to save money.
0: Yeah. Also, a key thing is it's also missing one of the uh, co-creators of the original series, uh, Warren Ellis, who back when we first uh, covered Castlevania, uh, the first season and the uh, subsequent episodes of season two. Uh, Warren Ellis, who who, uh, at the time of the recording, some very terrible news about that man came out uh, regarding his treatment of women. Warren Ellis, not a part of Castlevania Nocturne, so we don't have to talk about him and be awkward about that shit. Thank fucking God. Thank God. <laughs> very happy. If you listen to that podcast, uh, you can clearly just tell Malcolm and I get exceedingly awkward as we're praising it. We're just like, oh, but he's also a bad dude. Anyways, happy to know Castlevania Nocturne, uh, a series co-created by people who, at least to my knowledge, as of this recording, uh, knock on wood, uh, haven't been accused of terrible things, which is very good. Um, But no, this series uh, was much anticipated. It feels feels crazy even talking about it because I remember when Castlevania season four ended, it was like, oh my god, oh my god, we're gonna have to wait so much longer for Castlevania Nocturne, and now time has passed and it exists and we have watched it.
1: Yeah, I'm happy that it. it the wait felt a lot shorter than i than I thought it was gonna. Yeah, I was I was highly excited. I'm I'm a pretty I consider myself a casual fan of Castlevania, um, the game series. And seeing Richter in there I was like, oh hey, that's cool. I know him from Symphony of the Night as I'm sure a lot of people do. Uh, so I'm like, cool, i got to learn more about Richter. Um, I love that it was set during the French Revolution, because I'm a huge history nerd, unfortunately. Um, so I thought, oh, uh, like, it's a lot of cool stuff that I personally like being set up, and I was excited to watch it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny, too. I was reading an interview with the uh, creators of the show, and they just said, yeah, we adapted this uh, from Rondo of Blood and, you know, Rondo of Blood is a cool video game. They were interested in the character of Richter uh, as they were wrapping up the original Castlevania series. But uh, yeah, they're just like, yeah, we just looked up the year the game was set. I'm like, oh, yeah, we could do the French Revolution based off that because it's not a part of the
1: video game at all. No, not at all.
0: But yeah, this uh, series, it just premiered. We're talking about something brand new. So hopefully you, dear listeners have already watched it because we are going to get into full spoiler territory here. As we are uh, to do. But yeah, the game is based on Rondo of Blood. It came out uh, in 1993. It then was... Uh, it's been re-released a few times. It's part of like the Dracula X collection. And more importantly, uh, it is the prequel to Symphony of the Night, which is probably the most important Castlevania game next to the original.
1: It's cool seeing like, I guess what it was, an obscure character really before he was announced before Smash.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's how I know. I'm Richter, Star of Super Smash Brothers.
1: Like I I I knew him from oh hey, it's the hot guy in uh Symphony of the Night. Um and then I was like, oh hey, he's in Smash now. That's great. I know his name's Richter and he wears the color blue. Uh, um Yeah, so it's cool to see him get his own series and I don't know if he's any like he's pretty noble in Symphony of the Night and unfortunately not really in that game enough in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think in Sim- Symphony of the Night, isn't he... uh, I guess spoilers for potential seasons, but yeah, who knows? Because because the show goes in so many different directions. Uh, The the show is loosely based off Rondo of Blood. It is not a direct uh, faithful adaptation like, say, uh, Netflix's live-action One Piece or something like that. Mm -hmm. This is something that's very much taking just uh, the bones of that video game. But yeah, in Symphony of the Night, I guess he's the one who is deceived into resurrecting Dracula.
1: Yeah, so he's something like that. Uh, he has his mind taken over by a wizard named Shaft, and then he kind of becomes, not the antagonist, but he's an antagonist for a little bit, and then you fight him as uh, Alucard. And I don't know, just based off where the show's going, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm I'm very curious as to what's going to happen next.
0: A lot of things in this show have already uh, gone off the rails when it comes to yes. the continuity of the original game. Most notably the fact that Season four of Castlevania did end with Dracula being resurrected already, and he got a happy ending. So um, that's something they're going to have to reconcile with at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, because Dracula is not the main villain in this uh, series at all. It is, in fact, uh, a woman by the name of Elizabeth uh,
1: Bathory. I don't know if she's from any. Like, I try and remember, again. I'm I'm not the most familiar with Castlevania, and I was like, is she from a different game or? And I and I had trouble remembering, and I, I couldn't remember her from anything, but I, I enjoyed her as a villain.
0: She is uh, not from a video game. She was a Hungarian noblewoman and alleged serial killer from the family of Bathory.
1: Fucking dope. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, they just straight up <laughs> took a historical figure, and they've made her the new villain for uh, this story arc they're doing, and fuck yeah, man. i I'm into it.
1: You know what? That makes me like her even more. <laughs> yeah, it's dope. She's a real person. That, that's great. I... <laughs> that That is something I wished they did more set in the French Revolution. I wish they what my interpretation of what I thought it was gonna be is all of these vampires are gonna be all these asshole nobles that are set in the French Revolution, and it's gonna be about Richter and companions going around fighting in the revolution like against these vampires that are obviously you know nobles assholes, and they're gonna fucking guillotine them. And I was like, that's what I thought it was going to be. And it kind of was for an episode. And then it kind of ignored the revolution. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it kind of goes off the rails, but I didn't hate it.
1: So I didn't either.
0: Let, let's get into it. Our story yeah. begins in Boston, 1738. A young Richter Belmont is being sent by his mother, Yulia, to France. They're confronted by a vampire named Olrox, who Yulia seemingly defeats, but then he transforms into a serpent and kills Yulia. Let's get into All Rocks. All Rocks is fucking awesome. I love this I character so much. love him. Uh, this character is voiced by Zon McLaren, who's a, a pretty notable Native American actor. He, his big break was in the TV show Fargo season two, and he's just been in a ton of other stuff since. Uh, did you ever see Fargo?
1: I, never, I have never seen Fargo, unfortunately. Oh, okay,
0: good show, good show. Yeah, he plays, mm-hmm. a, he plays a Native American assassin in season two of that show. And it's also set in the 70s. He's fucking doping it. Hell yeah. Uh, he's also on a show called Dark Winds, which is run for like uh, three seasons. It's like a cop show set on the Native Reserve. Um, but yeah, just a fantastic actor. He's also been in the, uh, he was in the Hawkeye TV show.
1: Um, oh, okay. He played,
0: he played the father of the character Echo in that. But yeah, just a great. Oh, star. okay. Yeah, I know him. Okay, you, you've seen him. Yeah, he's Absolutely. just a fantastic actor. He's got a fantastic voice. Uh, I assumed this vampire Ulrox was Native American, but it turns out he's actually Aztec. Um again, my, my assumptions were just based off me knowing that was Zan McLaren. Uh but Ulrox, oh my god, he's such a cool character. And he, he is from the video games, but yes. uh but barely.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he was I'm just gonna say he was probably my favorite part of the show. I loved every moment he was on screen.
0: Absolutely. He's got I... an interesting sense of morality.
1: Yes. I do have one criticism about it Ooh. though, which is they skipped his gay sex scene. They just did a cut to after. I'm like, no, I want to watch a vampire have sex, gay sex with this man. They showed us that in the original. Why can't we get more gay sex?
0: That's true. We did uh, have that threesome with Alucard and the uh, the twins. Yeah,
1: that you know, intercut with a fight scene.
0: <laughs> oh Okay, okay, I I don't remember. I that I remember beyond. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it like obviously it's a joke. I I I found that a little weird just because they were showing the sex scenes in the original and they just skipped over it and I was like, "Well, oh, all right."
0: Yeah, fair enough. We we need to know uh if All Rocks is a topper or
1: a bottom this. I sure. really need to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he's a great character. And he's again, Zon McLaren is just such a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. It, it it's been really cool seeing this guy who I remember reading an interview with him. And someone was shocked that he he was saying he like still took acting classes. And I think this is just when Fargo season two came out. And you know, again, this is an actor at the time who was in his 40s and they're just like, wait, you're still taking acting classes even though you're on Fargo? And he's like, hell yeah, man. I don't know if he's still taking them. I think he's probably too busy because his career is yeah. blown up. But just a cool journeyman actor. He's clearly one of those guys who, I mean, again, I don't want, it's not like he peaked when he was like 80 years old, but again, peaked somewhat later on. Um, he, he broke out somewhat later in his career, and he just seems to be enjoying the ride.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see more of him. He was so good.
0: He's definitely the most interesting character in this uh, season, for sure. By far. I'm, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, he kills Yulia, and he tells Richter he sees his need for retribution, which he understands as Yulia also killed someone he loved. And he lets Richter live for now. Nine years later in France, Richter is part of a French revolution group led by Maria that also kills vampires. And the vampires are going off about a vampire messiah. Richter and Maria go to the church and inform the priest about how he's been seeing way more vampires of late. Uh, In my notes, uh, I say the priest is clearly a bad guy. He warns of spies everywhere. And, of course, some of those spies are his own. Uh, The priest, uh, who is officially known as the abbot, he does not have a name. And I feel the fact that he doesn't have a name is perhaps a hint as to who he might be playing from the video games. But we'll get into that. The the abbot is a character who initially I thought was just going to be their standard uh, evil priest, which they had in season one of Castlevania. And, uh... I'm happy to say he's much more interesting than that by the end. The relationship between, yeah, this is another note I had. The relationship between Maria and Richter feels like a sibling one. It's not romantic at all. I thought it was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. And again, the, yep. these two characters are much younger than our protagonists in uh, Castlevania seasons one through four. Uh, Trevor and Sypha were, I guess, in their late 20s, I think.
1: Yeah, I, th- I always thought they were in their late 20s or early 30s. Um... Yeah. But the Maria and and Richter definitely seem like they're in their early twenties.
0: I think they're even like their teens, like they're teenagers at least. Like oh. Maria, Maria in the video game is supposed to be like twelve, so I think they aged her up. I think she's like fifteen mm-hmm. in this.
1: It's it's like my only knowledge of Maria was from Symphony of the Night. It's weird seeing her just so young. It's oh, like she's this, older in that. She is, yeah, she's older, and her appearance is different. I'm like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Like she's. I, I know very little about her. Is she in Rondo of blood? Probably. Um, but I just, yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing her in this different kind of um, world than what I know her of.
0: For sure. And it gives you a different energy too, compared to the uh, previous series, which again, we're older characters and this is a much younger cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Richter has a really good speech when he's talking to uh, her mother uh, he says, I believe in you and your mother. I believe you're the kindest, most courageous people in the world, so I don't need to understand the things you believe in, and I certainly don't need to believe in them, too. I just need to stand by you, always. And it's here where they uh, get attacked by a bunch of night creatures. Uh, Richter is nearly killed, but he's saved by two Again, I was incorrect in my notes. I assumed they were siblings. Uh, they are not. Uh, one of these uh, is a... Uh, what's the power? Okay, Annette's power, again, I'm just going by my notes. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> she, she's a descendant of a god, um, and has the power, I don't remember the god's name, but, um, but has the power of that god.
0: Okay, because in my notes, and again, these are literally notes of me just watching the show as it goes, I said, one of whom seems to be able to restore objects to their previous state. That's mm-hmm. just, uh, But her magic, as we see in uh, later episodes, is much broader than that. Yes. Uh, so these are Annette and Edouard, and they come from the Caribbean, and they are here for the vampire messiah. And, uh, yeah, in Nantes, uh, Ulrox tells an older vampire that he's here. Episode two, okay, the priest is a believer <laughs> in the vampire messiah, of course. And we learn from Annette that many white colonists were vampires, and Edouard wasn't a slave. He was an opera singer. Um, Edward, another fantastic character in the show. I loved him.
1: He was fantastic.
0: And, uh, unfortunately this show is quick, uh, to, to make a tragedy out of him, but at the very least it leads to some, uh, very good story moments.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I was, I was concerned when that first happened. I was like, Oh, all right. Well, we'll see where that goes.
0: Yeah. I I thought the fact again, his, his fate happens in only the second episode, but he is seemingly killed, but he is turned uh, into a night creature Mm -hmm. by the beginning of episode three and thankfully, they went in a direction that was much more interesting. This isn't just uh, the night creature, Edward, just kind of being an example of, okay, hey, Annette has to kill the person whom she loved before, and it's all tragic. No, Edward's actually, there's some stuff going on in the story that we still don't know what is exactly is going to pay off. But Edward uh, clearly has more of himself in this night creature form than you would expect.
1: Yeah, uh, it was it was. I was very concerned when they turned him into a night creature so quickly, because I thought, oh, like, it's just going to be Annette has to kill him. Yeah. And then, but they didn't, they hinted at that for like, half of a second, and then it immediately got rid of that idea. And I was like, oh, okay, good. His
0: like, his role in the final episode, you're like, okay, okay, he mm-hmm. might be a force for something else here. Yeah. Um, it also should be noted, Annette is from Rondo of Blood, she is Richter's girlfriend, um, and of course the racists are coming after this series, because of course they do, because Annette in the uh, video game was a white woman and just a damsel in distress, and uh, not the interesting character that she is in this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's nice seeing not have a damsel in distress, and you know, someone with a personality.
0: And also, like... I don't get how anyone could be upset about them making changes from the video games when seasons one through four of Castlevania made uh, numerous ones, including the fate of Dracula being completely different. Yeah,
1: like calling it almost an adaptation by season four, like it's almost more like it was inspired by instead of a a true adaptation.
0: That's that's a much better way of putting it. And because, again, listen, the the Castlevania video games are not known for their deep story. They have cool visuals and cool ideas of characters. Like, Alucard is cool. I'm happy to see that character being interpreted in this. But does Alucard have a personality and hopes and dreams beyond uh, his very standard video game mission of killing Dracula? Not, Not really. really. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, uh, credit, credit to the, the artist of uh, Symphony of the Night. I, f- I forget the artist's name, but there, there are works iconic it's obviously provided a fantastic springboard for this uh animated series but yeah i'm not like a castlevania plot purist what the fuck
1: yeah um yeah i i'm like i know what i know um yeah they're not they're not the most complex story heavy game so i don't understand why a lot of people would be super upset about that
0: you go through a castle and you kill monsters and then you get objects and powers that let you explore the castle better and you revisit areas and it's dope and it's super fun but uh Mm -hmm. the narrative is not what you're thinking about with those games
1: no um like i i find it somewhat interesting it's like oh the son of dracula has to go and kill dracula but it's not like I'm not going to be writing reports like this is the best fucking story I've ever experienced or anything like that.
0: Back to the main plot. Annette, uh, yeah, she says that many vampires have resented their reliance on human kings and princes. And the vampire messiah promises to make them unquestioned masters of the world. They need to crush the revolution to ensure this. And Richter here reveals that he hasn't been able to cast magic since he was a child. And of course, the second I hear that, I'm like, oh... I think that might pay off. <laughs> I think that's going to pay off within the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what is it? Annette, she says the Messiah was a meister before she was a vampire. And yeah, like we said, the Messiah's name is Urzabet Bathory. And Maria's mom recognizes the name. Back when she was a child in Russia, Urzabet captured, tortured, and turned her sister. And we get a wonderful scene of Edward singing for Maria's familiar who has died that's the other thing. Maria has these cool powers where she can summon like different, uh, magical creatures. But, uh, in this series, uh, when they die, they're actually like real things. Like when they die, they die, which is a real bummer.
1: Yeah. I remember seeing that scene where he's singing. I'm like, Oh, he's going to die.
0: <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, and yep. he does in the next scene, uh, the vampire mm, yep. hunters <laughs> attack the nobles, but Edward is killed and turned into a new creature in some weird machine. Uh, we, in the following episode, we then get a flashback de- detailing Annette's backstory. Her mother was killed by a slave master who was also a vampire. And it's here when she ran into Edouard when fleeing the slaver who was trying to brand her. When I actually looked this up, actually, like, slaves being rescued by music actually was, like, a thing in the Caribbean. So, yeah, They're using, like, real history. And again, it, it's also just... Why, why would you be upset uh why would anyone who isn't obviously a terrible racist be upset by them just taking these characters and giving them these like rich backstories there are like based off history and like telling something profound like this like for fuck's sake
1: yeah and it's not even being disrespectful to the history like they're they're adapting something you know stuff that actually happened and not changing it for the sake of changing it
0: yeah no it's it's really well done it adds a lot of uh just pathos to all this stuff like Annette is a much more realized character than certainly the one from the video games yeah Um, and yeah uh, Maria introduces the revolutionaries to Annette and oh, uh, Maria introduces the revolutionaries to Annette and they are then attacked by night creatures including the newly turned Edouard Annette recognizes him through his eyes and he flies away Um, the following episode the abbot chases Edouard for fleeing and Annette reveals this news to the crew that Edward still has something of him uh, in this night creature form. And yeah, like you said, uh, we get our gay sex in episode four. Our boy, Allrocks, is hooked up with the abbot's bodyguard, uh, Minrax. Uh, or Mizrax, as his name. Yes, uh, Allrocks uh, clarifies to the audience that the abbot has become the Messiah's forge master with the intent on using the army to betray her at some point. This is a flawed uh, plot, in my opinion. I'm not so sure uh, the abbot <laughs> knows exactly what he's doing.
1: I didn't get the. I. It always felt like he was kind of being forced. Like his his arm was twisted behind his back. It's like here, you have to do this first. And he was like, okay. Um, I don't think. Yeah, it, it definitely didn't come across as something he fully understood.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it. it... He's one of those characters who thinks he's doing the pragmatic thing when it's in fact the, uh, the cowardly thing for sure.
1: Uh, if I, I just want to interject something because. Absolutely. Yeah, so up until this point in the show, I actually wasn't really feeling it. I was a little disappointed. I, I was worried because I felt the pacing was a little too fast for me. Okay. I, I loved Annette's. I loved seeing Annette's backstory, but everything else I thought was just okay up until that point. Orox, oh, yeah, besides him, everything he's in is fantastic. But I was like, oh man, I felt like we're I feel like we're jumping a little too quickly around here. Um so I was I was a little worried up until this point. Um but as we'll discuss later on, the second half got rid of all my worries.
0: That's the other thing I, I wanted to note, Castlevania, the series has had this pattern of the first season is always the setup and then the second season ends that arc. And then, yes, uh, this was especially prevalent in season three, which I think most would agree is the weakest season of the series so far.
1: Yeah, uh, by far.
0: Like I said, all I remember of that season is uh, uh, Alucard's three way with the twins. Yeah. <laughs> I literally got no memory of like, uh, you know, I remember season four very well. Season four was utterly fantastic. hmm. But yeah, it was just like a lot of setup, and it did pay off in the end. Um, maybe I need to watch season three and four just like in a row together. Maybe like I'd appreciate it more. But yeah, the, the series has had a pattern of the, uh, the odd number seasons exist to set up the story, and then the even-numbered ones are just all killer, no filler, it feels like. Yeah. I do feel that this is the best of the setup seasons, in my opinion.
1: Oh, but by far. Um... Yeah, the first thing I did once I finished watching this is I went back and watched uh, season one and two of Castlevania, just to kind of refresh my mind. Yeah, and it, it's it's the similars between season one of this and then season five or season one of Nocturne are there's a lot of um, commonality between the two.
0: Absolutely. Um, what was it? We didn't even talk about Delta yet. Delta, the uh, the main henchwoman.
1: Oh um, yeah, it
0: uh, Oh my god, she's so fucking awesome!
1: I know she was. I, I remember her first appearance. And like, oh damn, who's this? Uh,
0: I I do have the hots for that type of character, mm-hmm. and yeah, she didn't she didn't disappoint. Delta is a fantastic. No, she gentleman. was great. Again, uh, there there are characters with depth to them, and characters who are just cool. And Delta is firmly in the cool category. She's Absolutely. just fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the vampire hunters they raid the prison where Edward is held. Richter manages to kill the vampire marquis. Annette meets with Edouard and promises to save him. And Old Rocks reveals himself to Richter, and Richter flees like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, he literally cries. He literally cries. He does. In the next episode. does.
1: Um, also, I want to say the uh, I don't know the actor's name off the top of my head, but uh, that scene, the actor who played Richter, very, very well done.
0: Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, I need to pull up his name. I had my notes on Elizabeth is a bit uh, bad uh, Edward Blumel, that's his name.
1: Yes. So he's good. Been on,
0: he's been on Killing Eve, uh, 30 years old. I, he doesn't even have a picture on Wikipedia. Damn.
1: Oh, damn.
0: <laughs> on the side, Blumel does lo-fi music and football as hobbies. He also has an interest in fish. Cool. Uh, but good for him. <laughs> no, he did a great performance. Yeah. His, vo- his voiceover performance kind of reminds me uh, of Jonathan Joestar in, in the dub of JoJo. Yeah, I
1: kind of felt that too.
0: Obviously, not as cheesy because the material isn't as cheesy as this. Yeah, but this is but this is a much better and much better written, intentionally at least than than JoJo season one. Yes. Oh god, by far. <laughs> but yeah, his voice work reminded me of that, and it's funny because there actually are some JoJo references in this season, which is pretty dope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, which I very much enjoyed. Uh so yeah, Richter, he breaks down and cries over learning of Ulrox's presence. Um Annette, she uses her healing powers on Rhea, and she says for now she can only heal flesh wounds, not broken bones. Again, uh this hasn't paid off yet, but I can just tell this is clearly a foreshadowing uh line. Yeah. Anytime they say something that specific, I'm like, hmm, is Annette gonna heal someone beyond beyond what she can do at some <laughs> points Seems like this is foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. Something for, for season two of Nocturne, I suppose. Um, turns out one of the vampires here is Annette's former master. She kills him by trapping him in a holy cage, and he's forced to die by sunlight. This was badass as fuck.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. It was great. But I had one problem with it. Okay. There, And I was watching it, and I was like, this is a great scene. I love Annette. And then the animation budget I think just ran out because there's a point where it goes into this really weird kind of animation style that's almost like amateur, like anime music video. And I was like, what is happening? And it's only there for like, I want to say like five seconds, but it's weird. And it completely killed my immersion for a little bit because I actually laughed for like a minute straight because it it came out of nowhere and it, it it was so jarring to me.
0: Okay, I didn't notice that. I'd have to remember. Yeah, I, like I don't I don't know,
1: know if it, it was it was just jarring cuz it was such a great scene with like and a great performance from both, but then yeah, it he just comes out and it's it's weird. Yeah, like I I wish I had a I don't I don't know how to describe it. It just it it looked like it almost looked like a concept sketch of the scene, I guess is how I would describe it. It was it was a little jarring, but besides yeah, be... that, it was a great scene.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was a cool way to kill a guy. Uh, oh almost, yeah, that it was again, it was, was great. It's a piece of shit too.
1: <laughs> and and something it's something else that I remember about that scene. I'm like they had, they addressed it in season four, I think. Uh I was like, oh can he just turn into a bad and fly out? But I remember I was like, oh I think Trevor explained that like the cross isn't just, like, a holy thing. Like, it actually fucks up with a vampire's vision. And it does. Like, he said, yeah, the cross, like, fucks up their vision and confuses vampires. So I'm like, oh, okay. that That's a good callback to that.
0: So he can't just, like, fly through the hole. Yeah, he
1: can't them. just fly. It's, like, it's fucking with his vision in his head. So he can't just leave.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, What is this? There's, there's also the scene uh, we get later of... Uh, Richter with the three young girls who I thought were totally sus, but I guess they weren't. I think they were just three girls who found him cute. Yeah, I I totally thought there was going to be a, be a payoff where they're revealed to be vampires or some shit.
1: I, I thought uh, so too, but they were just they were just three girls.
0: Yeah, uh, Maria and her mother Tara. They confront the Abbot, who reveals his motivations. He's clearly wrong, but he sees himself as a man doing the practical thing. And in my notes, I'm like, okay, he's becoming somewhat sympathetic here. And also, it turns out he's Maria's father. So, plot twist, (laughs) dun-dun-dun. Ties it all in together, for sure. Uh, At a bar, an old man buys Richter a meal. A vampire then enters the bar and asks for his head. Richter tries to grab his whip, but the old man has it and kicks the vampire's ass. Richter asks the man what his deal is, and he's revealed to be Eust Belmont, his grandfather episode ends oh my god that one was so fucking good
1: that uh, it was awesome i only know Eust because i have a friend who's a huge castlevania fan and he will always talk about Eust and how fucking badass he is so seeing him and having the slightest knowledge of him i'm like oh shit like what's gonna happen here we here we fucking go
0: yeah uh Eust belmont he is from the video game harmony of Dissonance. So Yeah, more Belmont's more fun. He's voiced by Ian Glenn, who uh, he was on Game of Thrones, he played Jorah Mormont, a uh, mm. pretty major character on that show. He's a great actor. I didn't even like notice it was Ian Glenn, I was just like, okay, this is just a, a good, solid, uh, older Belmont performance. Yeah, but the Belmont legacy is, is always a fun thing, so it's cool that they brought in used. It's funny too because Simon Belmont's like the most famous Belmont, and they just haven't adapted his story and instead just jumped way ahead of it
1: i think the main reason they haven't adapted his is because he's pretty well known for being like the only belmont to defeat dracula by himself and castlevania has been a series very much known by its amount and great characters so it'd be weird to have a series where it's just one belmont going to fight dracula at least that's my theory but i could be wrong
0: Yeah, that's what I've read, too. Like, there's just not a supporting cast, and I guess there's no way to just create that. I guess they like to use characters that are part of the narrative, even if they obviously uh, alter them or remix them. But yeah, I guess the fact that there's just not a lot to do with Simon uh, makes that very hard. Also, the fact that, again... Trevor Siphon and Alucard killed Dracula. And you know, Dracula just fucking yeah. chilling with his lady at this point. Yep. It's such a funny, it's such a funny thing how they've just ridden themselves into a corner. And again, I got no issue with it because the show's fucking dope. Yeah, but, exactly. But again, you go on like the internet forums are Reddit and they're just like, okay, well a lot of these games are based off of the fact that Dracula is resurrected. <laughs> so again, um, <laughs> how did they handle that? When Dracula was like borderline heroic in this adaptation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, he was a very different character than I thought he was gonna be. And it's dope. Um he's it's great. Dope. He's one of my favorite antagonists ever just because of especially man, the end of season two when he's when Oh god, like, yeah. That that scene just always makes me cry when they when they're in uh, Alucard's room. Yeah, so I, know,
0: I know what you're talking about. And then Alucard mm-hmm. cries. Oh my god, yeah. it's good shit. Yeah. Um, episode six, we open on Urzabet feasting on the daughter of a re- revolutionary. Meanwhile, Richter isn't too happy with his newly discovered granddad. And it turns out Eust has been keeping an eye on Richter since he's been in France. And he's actually been providing Terra with money too. And Eust tells his backstory. Back in the day, he could wield powerful magic like his grandmother, Cypher. When his wife and best friend were killed, the magic left him. And oh, this is a funny thing. This means the continuity of this series takes place... Uh, where the worst ending in Harmony of Dissonance happened. Uh, Because Harmony of Dissonance, I read, has three different endings. And the worst one is where his uh, lover and his best friend both die. And his best friend, in fact, is the villain of that video game.
1: Man, I think that was a good choice, because that made use of a really interesting character.
0: It's a cool use of continuity. I I always kind of like it when, when adaptations or even video games or sequels are just like, yeah, we're picking the bad ending
1: yeah and man i i think it's i i think it was for the best like this episode was by far my favorite
0: oh my god it's fantastic i mean i this is this and episode eight were the ones i rewatched right before we recorded yeah
1: because
0: there's some good shit in here we'll get into um yeah annette she creates a circle that allows her to communicate is that her mother she's communicating with or is that another ancestor
1: I think it's her mother.
0: Yeah, I put it down mother in, in the notes. at least. Yeah, there's Which, no Wikipedia. Yep. There's no Wikipedia that's been updated with the episode guide. So we're just going go, <laughs> to go with what we what we inferred. Mm. This is two people who have inferred that. So it must be correct. It's funny. Well,
1: as of this recording, like the show's only been out for a couple of days as well. No,
0: but sometimes fans get quick to. Oh, to that's true. That's true. Sometimes yeah. I'm surprised. I, I thought we get detailed entries, uh, but no. <laughs> But that's the, the woman who I, who I inferred as her mother. So she's communicating with her and feeling her ancestors. Uh, it's here where Annette calls Richter a bitch for running away, which I thought was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, I thought so too.
0: It, it's interesting because I think they are eventually going to push for the Richter and Annette romance.
1: But I, uh, I think so. They, they, had, they definitely had some chemistry. Um, but yeah, I, I think they will.
0: They are, but they're doing it in their own way. Uh, This is what her mother says. She says, Even these French with their high ideals, do they know? uh, What do they know about what we've suffered and what do they care? They'll build a new world, but it won't be a world for freedom and brotherhood for us. So she's speaking specifically of the revolutionaries who, if you know how the French Revolution turned out, uh,
1: Um, she's 100% right.
0: Yeah, it worked out for a minute or two and then uh,
1: things got way worse. And then Napoleon said, Knock, knock.
0: Oh man, that that was a good line. I was like, as a history nerd, I'm just like, yeah, I know what she's talking about. Yeah,
1: it, it was. Uh, it's it's something I could praise about the show forever, which is they're they're definitely taking all their history into res- into respect and not like again changing it for the sake of changing it. it it's which...
0: again, it's so fun that they're just like, oh yeah, we just looked up the timeline of this show of this video game. And we're like, oh yeah, we could do this in the French Revolution. All rocks he talks with. Uh, Min- Mizrax, right? I keep forgetting yep. how to pronounce his name. Mizrax, he's, he reveals his beef with Yulia stems from her killing his lover, who was a proud Mohican who sided with the revolutionaries in the US. I thought that was cool. Also, too, again, it's this day and age, you're just like, is this character straight or gay or bi? And this very much clearly confirms that, like, uh, by all accounts, all rocks is gay. He's not, like, bi or an or whatever you call it. His relationships yep. have been solely with men, it seems. Yeah. Uh, but again such a fucking badass I love him so, so much you, you know you could easily see like an all rocks prequel where you're like yeah fuck Yulia she sucks
1: oh absolutely
0: um, Richter he gets caught by some nasty vampires but then this is when it gets so fucking good they threaten his family and it's here that he goes super saiyan blue as I, think. <laughs> yeah after they threaten, yeah, after they threaten uh, everyone who he's loved, and he says, "his his quote is so fucking dope." He says, "I was gonna say something witty and brutal to finish you off, but fuck it." And but then he Fuck obliterate. it, and then he just
1: yeah, and then he just fucking kills him, and it was awesome.
0: And also, uh, again, quote me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is one of the first times the series has even invoked uh, a Castlevania theme. It's it's the Bloodlines music that plays during this action scene. And it's so uh, fucking good. You
1: you it is it is very good, but you are wrong. At oh. the end of season two, uh when Rick when uh, not Richter, sorry, Trevor, Sypha, and Alucard get into uh into Dracula's castle at that very first fight scene, uh Bloody Tears.
0: The, oh okay. probably the I most did.
1: famous, yeah. And I, I remember really that because that. Bloody Tears is one of the best fucking songs ever written. Okay, I'm saying it right now. Um <laughs> I fucking love Bloody Tears. But yeah, hearing Divine, Divine Bloodlines, which I had a feeling it was going to play in the show eventually, and they used the goddamn perfect moment for it.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. That, that's a good correction. Now that you think about it, I remember that. Um, the, I, don't, I didn't know it was Bloody Tears, but again, I just know it has like Castlevania music. Yeah. But it's cool. Um, it kind of reminds me again of like the live action one piece adaptation where they have all this fantastic original music, but you're just like, okay, when are they going to invoke the music from the thing? And then when they finally fucking do it, you're like, okay, it's a good thing they waited. Yeah uh that's definitely how i felt when they invoked Blood, bloodlines again i didn't even like i'm not familiar with the games well enough to even know specifically bloodlines but i'm like okay they're playing the fucking castlevania music when he's going yeah. Super Saiyan. <laughs> uh no this this action scene i think it's the best action scene of the season i don't know about you the one
1: where he goes uh, Super yeah playing. i would agree i i went back and watched it a couple times after after it it was so good
0: it's so good. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. Um, I looked this up. Richter is apparently, according to the canon, one of the most powerful Belmonts. So, that's another fun thing. We we saw Trevor, who is a very strong guy with a whip, but here we have yeah. Richter, who can, again, he, he's got, you know, he's got Sypha's genes, so he's got the best of both worlds here, mm-hmm. so we've got some good shit to look forward oh, to. Um, um,
1: you you could definitely see it a little bit in Episode 8, just what they were going to do with... um him and his magic.
0: Yeah, no, we're, we're listen, we're feasting, we're feasting. The only problem is that the season ends. That's the yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, episode 7, Tara reveals that she didn't tell Maria about her parentage because she didn't want her to be known as the horse daughter. They get attacked by vampires, but Richter saves them and reveals his new powers, which again, pretty fucking dope. Yep. Uh, Urzabet demands all rocks to bow, but he clearly ain't into it. He bows, but he looks her directly in the eye. Again, you know, you gotta, you gotta wonder what the gears are turning with Ulrox. Is he actually an ally, or is it better? Is he gonna pull some sneaky shit? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I'm curious what, like, what that's all about because it's, it's very, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Carmilla, but not, not in like the same kind of. She clearly just wants power for herself, but more so, this is going against his morals. I think is what it was.
0: Yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about with Carmilla. Yeah, yeah. Carmilla who was who ended up being a dope villain i loved her but yeah all rocks is yeah his his morals are interesting uh yeah he even offers richter his assistance in defeating Urzabet. but again you don't quite know why he wants to do that and
1: i i will say um i think it was in episode seven when my favorite line in the show uh he, he goes just read the fucking book and then he just leaves <laughs> I do. Yeah,
0: that line was fucking awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're, just, they're just like, hey, we're not going to believe you. And he's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. uh, Maria, she confronts her father and tries to appeal to his conscience. It does not work. And he asks his guards to seize her so she can be the sacrifice. His bodyguards witness this. Uh, Mizraks, uh, his bodyguard, Misrax, uh, witnesses this. And he informs Richter and crew of what's happened. And Urzabet is able to complete the ritual and an eclipse occurs. An eclipse! Uh, I know eclipse obviously are very good for vampires, since it means uh, permanent darkness, but I can't uh, help but not think of Berserk, which also yeah. had it, it, its own very infamous eclipse.
1: Mm-hmm. And then another thing um, I noticed as well, and this is probably completely unrelated, but I noticed after the show came out, I, I was just scrolling on Twitter, or X if you're woke, um... <laughs> <laughs> And I noticed the Crunchyroll account posted because um, they would post things from anime, and they posted uh, right before the eclipse um, with Griffith and the and the necklace, the the Beheleth, I believe is what it's called. And then I was like, hmm, this seems too closely timed to Castlevania to not be or to be a coincidence. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting.
0: It's definitely a wink. I think now that yep. we've talked about uh, the abbot's uh, attempted sacrifice of um, Maria, here's my theory about the abbot's identity. Mm-hmm. We don't know of him beyond a name, beyond the abbot's. Yes, I think he's Shaft. I think he's this. Uh, I thought
1: so as well.
0: I think the fact that they don't say his name and he's a priest and he's making sacrifices, this is their version yeah. of Shaft. It has yeah, because be.
1: I, I believe like He's like the Dark Priest, I think is his official title in Castlevania. Yeah, yeah so I was like, they're not saying his name. I figured that was going to be like the big reveal at the end of episode A, where it was like, oh, come join us, Shaft. But they didn't. And I was like, okay, but I'm guessing he's probably going to turn into Shaft because they, they didn't kill him either. So we- we'll see. Him.
0: They didn't kill him. He, you know, and he, he's got his own layers. He's obviously a deeper character than the video game version of Shaft. Yeah. And who knows, maybe maybe he's not Shaft, maybe he's just his own character with similar functions to Shaft. But I think the fact that they go either way, not to say his name, there's meaning behind that. That that's an active choice they're making. Yeah. But I like it, I dig it. Hey, I I like the fact that they're making us work for this. I yeah, Um, I am too. Episode eight, I don't have a ton of notes for episode eight, I just put in my notes, big
1: battles. (laughs) Big battle fucking awesome.
0: Big battle fucking awesome. Uh there's more to it. Uh the Vampire Hunter crew, the the Belmonts, whatever the fuck you want to call them, the Scooby Scooby Doo gang. The Sco- uh, they they raid the castle. They raid the castle. Um one of the vampires that Richter is fighting is like kind of like a a butter an overweight butterfly lady. That's how I yeah. could describe her. That was a <laughs> fun true. fight. Uh there's a really fun moment in the battle where uh Mizrax, he gets attacked uh but all Rocks then saves him and he like gives him like a wink in like his ghost
1: form yeah like,
0: i thought that was cute all Rocks is just like hey i know you broke up with me but hey you know you know mm. don't forget don't forget and, it, and it's interesting
1: for all because earlier on like they have a conversation and he's like yeah like let me make it clear like i don't love you and it's clear that's not true and i'm it's just again make me wonder what's like what's this dude's deal why isn't he telling the full truth i want to know so much more about him
0: yeah, I, I really do wanna know. I, I I looked it up. All rocks, I think he is in like Symphony of the Night as like a minor mm-hmm. boss or something. Oh, so I okay. just Is he? It's very curious it's I just wonder what they're gonna do with this uh because again, based on the structure, like we've said, there this is the setup season. Uh season two will presumably be the death of uh Erzabet Bathory. I think that's one hundred percent gonna happen. Yeah. And then it'll lead into something else. But I'm just curious to see how far this All rock story is going to go is it gonna i mean at a certain point richter and Ulrocks have to fight so that's probably not going to end well for Ulrocks.
1: yeah um, I, I i'm getting the feeling that might be like the final encounter for richter
0: yeah and then i guess the question is just how far do they extend this like do we do symphony of the night's is Rondo of Blood going to be four seasons, or is it going to be two seasons of Rondo and two seasons of sym- Symphony of the Night? That's yeah, because
1: I, I think everyone knows, at at the end, I think everyone knows, okay, <laughs> yes. they're clearly going to adapt Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Uh, How are they going to do it?
0: So before we get into that, Edward, it seems like he has the power to make the white ghoul creatures do his bidding, uh, because they end up uh, slaying the darker night creatures. I thought that was a cool little thing. Um... Tara sacrifices herself to Urzabit because Urzabit demands a sacrifice that's supposed to be Maria. Um, but then uh, Tara puts herself in that position. And Tara is also turned in the process, which of course is going to lead to some terrible tragedy for, for season two, I'm sure. Episode ends with a cliffhanger. Our girl, Delta is fighting Richter. Looks like all hope is lost. And then, and then... We see someone get stabbed, they set it up as uh it looks like Richter might be the one getting hurt. But then but then it turns out our boy Alucard comes in with the longest fucking sword. Or is it a sword or a spear or something?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a, I believe it's a sword.
0: Yeah, longest fucking sword I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, completely uh cuts uh Dolta down. And what is it? He says, you know, I've he tells uh the crew he's like Oh, fuck, I didn't write the quote down. I should have
1: done it. I, I, I remember the first <laughs> thing says, I'm Alucard, son of Dracula. Uh, and if you fight me, you will die at like thousands of vampires before. And then they all just run away.
0: Thank you. That was the quote. Yep. Oh my God, it was so it, fucking it was, bad.
1: It was great.
0: I got chills during this scene, man. Yep. I literally got like goosebumps when it happened. I, oh, I did my too. god.
1: And, and seeing him in like that classic Symphony of the Night design with the long white hair and the coat, I'm like, yes! oh it's, fuck it was so good
0: yeah it was everything i could have hoped for and then it made sense for that to be the cliffhanger and i'm glad they did it but oh my god you just watch and you're like oh fuck now the real now the real story is actually starting
1: yep yeah and it, 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 oh man i i'm so curious as to where it's gonna go
0: yeah because alucard i guess he's not part of rondo of blood or he's only
1: is he, he in it? Uh, i like i've never played rondo blood but i i don't fully know i know him him and richter like are kind of the synonymous like belmont alucard duo outside of hmm. trevor um yeah i he's
0: playable in the game i looked it up so yes. yeah he he must be in it
1: okay we'll oh, man we'll see what
0: his role we'll is see. but again yeah. The the series has been very good at avoiding fan service, but I like that they gave us a bit more. We got used, yes. and now we're getting Alucard. Um, this feels like quote unquote real Castlevania. Uh, this is the adaptation. You know, I'm obviously very satisfied with the four seasons we got, but yeah. now we're getting the shit that fans really wanted, which is yes. you know Rondo of Blood slash Symphony of the Night, and it's gonna be so good. Oh my god! I'm also-
1: I'm very excited.
0: Also, the moment where Urzabet, uh enters the castle and, you know, she encounters uh, the vampire crew. Oh my god, it's...
1: Oh, that was it, great.
0: It's so good. It, it felt like a, a Dio freezing time when just everyone is so stunned by her presence.
1: Yeah. It, oh, it was so good. Man, like, just... You know, it's my first viewing of this. Afterwards, I was a little underwhelmed. And then I was like, I don't know, I feel like I'm probably missing something. And then I went back and watched it again. And I was like, okay. Uh, my second viewing, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. It was great. Oh, man, it was so good.
0: My my point of comparison is always going to just be the odd number seasons. I think this yeah. is the strongest
1: of them. Um, I, I agree, definitely.
0: The first season of Castlevania, we, we covered it on the podcast, and we criticized it because, again, it, it just felt like an 80-minute movie. It was the standard hero's journey of yeah. Trevor Belmont, and then obviously season three, which we've already... <laughs> uh shit on again a, a season... <laughs> I, I need to rewatch it honestly man I, i'm maybe i'll even rewatch it after this podcast
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe it comes across as better when you have uh both three and four to watch back to back but yeah i think many people would agree season three is just like the weakest season of the series I,
1: I think i think everyone would agree season three was the weakest
0: it just doesn't even feel like it feels like you could just kind of just skip the skip it it's uh But who the fuck knows? Maybe there's a season three defender there. Maybe there's someone who really
1: likes
0: (laughs) Alucard's weird three way with the twins who die and then are never mentioned.
1: That scene will forever be stuck in my head because of just how grating it was. Like, why are you intercutting two sex scenes? Sorry, two sex scenes with a really cool fight scene. Because there's yeah, there's that sex scene, and then there's the Hector and the redhead uh, vampire sex scene. Which, that one made me super uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and then there's, yeah, and then there's Sypha, Saint-Germain, and Trevor fighting demons. I'm like, this is weird. Oh,
0: yeah, and Saint-Germain was death, right? That's what it, the big reveal was? Uh, so guess...
1: No, he, he wasn't death. He... Oh,
0: no, he's, fuck, I got confused. He, was, he yeah. was the guy who was death revealed to in season Yeah, four. yeah,
1: the guy, that one vampire came was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually death. Which, uh, okay. Yeah,
0: Saint Germain was cool. I liked him. He was.
1: Dope. I loved him. He he was, in my opinion, the most interesting part of season three.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But again, I barely remember season three at all. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, this it's a strong season. Oh my god, it's just again the fucking weight they need. You know, I I hope they like made these back to back. I hope like knock on wood we can get this by like I don't know maybe spring or or even like early summer.
1: Oh um, fuck! That would I can't be wait. Great.
0: I can definitely say I think the setup for this is the strongest setup they've had.
1: Oh, absolutely. Just that episode 8 was such a good setup for what's to come.
0: It's going to be good shit. Man. Again, yep. All Rocks. All right, let's let's get into it cuz we're already kind of jumping on our favorite segment. Cue the music.
1: Speedwagon, Speedwagon. Speedwagon, Speedwagon, Speedwagon. Speedwagon, Speedwagon, Speedwagon. Speed Speedwagon. Allow me to elucidate you.
0: The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So, for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character of the bunch. Uh, I shall go first just to give Carson some time. My Speedwagon is Delta. Uh, I love All Rocks. I think Ulrox is a fantastic character. Personally, I will disqualify him from being a speedwagon because I think he is arguably the main antagonist of the series, or at least the emotional antagonist. So I'm gonna give it to Delta, who's just a dope hench woman. She unfortunately dies. RIP, poor one out for her. But hey, she makes an impression. Dope character design. Again, she she's one bad bitch. I loved her, and you know, I'll, I'll forgive Alucard for uh, killing her. <laughs> But hey, it, it made for a dope ending. She was she was a very good uh henchman character for this season.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, like you said, I think Ulrox is gonna end up being the main antagonist. But he's not right now, so he's my speed wagon.
0: <laughs> Fair enough, man. No, he uh, he's one of the most interesting characters of these five seasons of Castlevania we've had. I'm very excited to see where he goes. Like I okay, am that- too. Again, we're we're feasting good, man. We're feasting good. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And they, it's funny, they, too. Yeah. Oh,
0: we, we've had, like, you know, this, this has definitely been the year of the video game adaptation with, um, obviously, Last of Us and Super Mario, but yeah, I think Castlevania was, like, one of the first really good video game adaptations we had. It's the one at-
1: that comes to mind to me thinking, okay, this is, like, this is the good, like, the really, the first really, really good adaptation.
0: Yeah, and we, we've had other since. We've had uh, the Sonic movies, which... I think are fine. Uh, Detective Pikachu, which I think is pretty fun, weird movie. Mm. But yeah, I think Castlevania, yeah, this is like one of the best uh, adaptations of a video game out there. And it's also an example of like, there are adaptations where being faithful is very good, and then this one is like, no, we're (laughs) we're taking just the visuals and remixing everything else.
1: Yeah, I'm a hard believer that a successful adaptation doesn't mean you have to strictly follow the source material. I'm I'm one of I think ten people that genuinely really enjoy uh, Full, Metal, Full Metal Alchemist two thousand three. I've um, heard that.
0: I've heard that. That's a take. Uh, I haven't watched it myself, but
1: yeah uh, i I grew up well, not grew up, but like when I first got into anime, it was one of the first I watched, and I still I'll go back and watch it today, and I still really enjoy it, except for like the last episode kind of sucks. Well, not kind of, but, um, yeah, I, I believe like you don't need to like, you don't need just to follow every single beat of, of a game or of a book to successfully adapt something. And I think Castlevania has done great at proving that point as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's remixing these ideas and it's telling them in interesting ways. And again, if, if if we had the all rocks from the video games, he would just been a weird ghost.
1: Yeah. He would have been there for like just a little bit and then he would have been gone.
0: Yeah, it, this is a fantastic series. I'm really excited to, to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I guess we're in final thoughts territory. What more can I say? Castlevania is fucking awesome. Uh, the, the only bad thing is really the wait. Uh, I need a date, yes. Netflix. Netflix has just got to <laughs> give me... If, if, you know, you can do whatever you want, Netflix. The writer strike is effectively over. Actor strike is going to be over within a week or two. Just yep. give us a date, of this series because we just desperately need to know when
1: season two is coming yeah um i don't have much more to say i like i said i thought on my first watch through it was good then i watched it again and i liked it even more i still think season two is going to be my favorite overall um but man they they did a really really good job and i'm season? just thinking right, back on. on it yeah just thinking back on it like at first, I was kind of disappointed they didn't go the way I thought they were gonna go, but then I was like, "No, the way I thought they were gonna go was kind of stupid." I'm glad they're doing their own thing. Actually,
0: wait, I, this, is, this is my final final thought. Wait, oh yeah, do you feel Hector got done dirty? Because I know Hector is like yes. in the game.
1: He it's- yeah, um, I man, hector, yeah, I think Hector and Isaac were supposed to be antagonists um, in the sequel to Castlevania Three, but. Man, yeah, I whenever I think of Hector, I always think they tried to make him sympathetic, but he keeps making really stupid choices. So I just didn't really feel anything for him, and I wish they did a lot more with him.
0: Yeah, so so Hector is the protagonist of Castlevania Curse of Darkness, and yeah, they did spend so much time on him that it did feel that like, oh, is that gonna be the next series they do? Um, and maybe that was their idea when they um, introduced the character um they want to give us more castlevania that continues that because then you can bring back trevor as well but it feels like one of those ideas they set up and then like hey let's do richter and symphony of the night and rondo
1: yeah i am I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with how uh, trevor and sypha's story ended i, I kind of hope they don't bring them back I, I really like the conclusion there um but we'll see like I, i'm not opposed to it if they do it correctly
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Isaac's the villain in that. Yeah, Isaac was another character who got a lot of focus.
1: Yeah, but, Isaac, you know, Isaac, in my opinion, sorry, another final thought, is, like, the most interesting part of Seasons 3 and 4. He's he's a really interesting character.
0: Yeah, again, it, it feels like they kind of just dropped the ball on that one. And, again, I don't think it was the wrong thing to do to adapt Rondo and Symphony of the Night. They're obviously uh, the most popular uh, two games you could do, short of, again, like... We love Simon Belmont, but it's not an easy thing to adapt. Yeah, um, I can understand why they went in that direction, but at the same time, it's like hmm, maybe they could have continued that further, and they just kind of, you know, washed their hands of it. So that's a bummer. I do, I do want them to adapt um, the game with Soma Cruz because Soma was my first Belmont. Uh, oh the, yeah, the GBA and DS games; those were fucking oh. dope. <laughs> I think one of the showrunners of uh, this series has said they want to get to Soma at some point. Uh, who knows how long that will take given uh, how long these seasons take to come out. I mean, I'll be like 40 years old when the, uh, the Castlevania Soma series starts.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, they um, am, they're clearly not going down like the whole bloodline. Cause I know Trevor and Richter are pretty far apart.
0: Yeah. And Hey, you know, good for them. They're picking the most interesting stories. And I think that's what it comes down to with adaptations. It's like, you can do faithful adaptations, but at the same time, just tell a good fucking story. Exactly. Uh, Carson, where can we find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on... Oh, what am I on now? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, or again, X. Uh, and I am also on Blue Sky now, but I haven't really touched it. Uh, I should be under CM Hazlitt for Twitter and Instagram, and probably just Carson Hazlitt for... Uh, blue sky if you have blue sky I don't
0: have blue sky how do you get one of those invitations can you give me one of those I don't know uh, I,
1: have I do. might have one let me Ooh, check okay. I, can,
0: I can let you do that on your own time <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at jack is jack on instagram only real jack m on twitter follow at is this anime pod on instagram we don't really post on x after they disabled um, the post to twitter option so just follow us on insta it's a more fun platform um yeah take care everyone thank you for listening to this wonderful episode we'll be covering uh another anime with you at some point i know the release schedule is getting a bit inconsistent but hey this is just a fun thing to do so so keep us in your pod feed thank you so much